talk about a different creative each week and kind of just talk about how they've they've changed the world and what they've contributed. There's a lot of philosophical conversations about the people that we talk about, but it's always kind of ends in, in laughter. Yeah, and I think as we've gone on, we've almost shifted without even realizing it that our goal is to tell stories that people don't know. So our new phrase that we're using is like providing tidbits that you can share at your next dinner party. So we try to find the stuff that they don't know um, that people can get excited about and then want to talk about it to their friends. That's Kate Rooney and Jess Guffey from Design Pickle. On this episode, we talk about how Design Pickle approaches brand partnerships and why a subscription workforce like Design Pickle needed a podcast. This is Lights, Camera, Grow. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Lights, Camera, Grow podcast. My name is Jared. I'm back with Ho, and today we have two special guests. A little bit different, a little bit of a curveball for you. We have Kate Rooney and Jess Guffey of Design Pickle. Hey, ladies, how's it going? Hello. Hello. It's going Thanks great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Fun. Thanks for taking out some time from both of your crazy schedules to, to hang out with us on uh, this weird Friday the 13th, which is... Um, <laughs> spooky right spooky season yeah kate loves spooky stuff you guys so you got her on a good day she's feeling extra spooky today i'm guessing i'm so unique in that (laughs) now loves true crime and spooky stuff shocking heard of of anyone like that actually yeah it's really strange (laughs) i feel more powerful because it's friday the 13th Nice. Everybody's got that superpower, right? Super day, mm-hmm. superpower. All right, cool. So before we get into the meat of the episode, Kate and Jess, why don't you give the audience a little bit of background about yourselves and uh, and Design Pickle? So yeah, Take we, it away, Kate. Thank you. We we both work for Design Pickle, and Design Pickle is a flat rate uh, graphic design and creative services company. Uh, so basically, any company, agency, entrepreneur can sign up and for just a flat rate, uh, get all of your design work done by one of our amazing designers. And we both work on the marketing team, of course. I head up all of our brand and content, and I work alongside Jess Guffey over here. Take it away, Jess. Yes. Uh, So Kate's our brand director. I'm our director of partnerships, and we just like to work on cool content day in and day out. That's pretty much what we do. All the weird stuff, the weirder the better, some would say, for Design Pickle. We get comments about that all the time. But yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what we do and why we do it. Nice. All about content. Design Pickle in a pickle jar. That was a, that <laughs> was a bad much. joke. All right. <laughs> that's but you that's it. it. <laughs> but we're all about those bad jokes. I mean, that's kind of exactly. like the core of Design Pickle. So nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I actually came across Design Pickle uh Funny enough, on a podcast, um, I think it was maybe three years ago, roughly. I heard, um, I would I imagine, I don't, I don't remember his name, but I think it was probably the CEO. Um, I guess that's pretty early on in the brand or a little earlier in the brand. But yeah, I heard about them um, on another podcast about agencies and they were oh. talking about how um, at the time Design Pickle was sort of like, breaking through um in this new new space that i guess you guys in some some ways created you guys created because there's not a ton of competition in the same i guess in the same fashion that you guys are where you're more of like this uh you're on demand but your monthly subscription and i think the cooler thing is you get sort of assigned your design team with with you guys at least from what i've read um so yeah it's a little bit different but 
that's how that was the first time I heard. Yeah, about that, that was Mr. Russ Perry, our CEO and founder. And you know what's interesting is he was on a lot of podcasts uh, early on, and we still have like a ton of of customers today that came from those podcasts from him being on on other podcasts. But yeah, it's uh we're kind of it's weird because people ask us like who's your major competitors, and it's hard to answer that because it is kind of like this is a new space and uh, it, our competitors could be like marketplaces or, you know, Fiverr. But the difference with us is, as you mentioned, you're, you're working with the same designer. So they get to know you and they almost like become integrated into your team instead of being like mixed around with different freelancers or different designers. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We've actually started calling it its own term. So we refer to it now as the subscription workforce. So basically it's the concept of taking the best of an in-house person, a freelancer, um, and whatever other model is out there for getting access to design. So I think that is pretty much all encompassing when it comes to how we do what we do. That's cool. Do you guys focus on, or is there a future to focus on anything outside of design? Video, audio. I mean, obviously, there's oh, yes. a ton of media flying around <laughs> these days, right? Content in multiple forms. Yeah, that's, that's kind of that's the plan. I mean, we've really nailed down graphic design, and um, we've had a lot of a lot of happy customers who are asking or hoping for, "When are you going to start doing this? When are you going to start doing this?" And to everyone, we say, "It's coming." But I can't. I can't <laughs> when? give out too we many. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to be mysterious and be like, well, I can't say too much about it, but really it's just because we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds mysterious. Yeah. Right, right on, right on brand, right? Very exactly. on brand for us. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the current strategy of Design Pickle um, as far as like your content strategy and sort of like how you guys see it. Because I think you have a little bit of a leg up, right? You're able to craft, design, and you know, brand yourselves a lot better than a lot of companies out there. Um, just because you have that, that advantage of having sort of that already in your DNA. I mean, when it, when it comes to to content for us, we're doing all of the things that most of everyone else in the marketing space is doing. I mean, we have our, our blog content, our email outreach and, and everything like that. But I think what helps design pickle stand out and is definitely a core part of our strategy is, how we can be unique from everyone else in, in doing so and um, really getting that that brand voice and persona out and reflecting that across all these different channels, making sure it's consistent. And as we kind of like joked about before, I mean, design pickles often, you know, kind of unique and, and quirky in what we do, but that's kind of just like in our DNA and uh, people notice it. So it's working for us, sticking to yeah. Personality. I would say too on the partnership side, everything we do with partnerships obviously is content based. So we're not really into the affiliate model or anything else. We try to make meaningful co-branded partnerships. And we actually just did one that was probably the funniest piece of content we've done thus far, which is a bold statement coming from people that have done the weirdest things on the face of the planet. But we work uh, with this company called Grindology, which is a coffee subscription box that's launching in Q1. And we basically did a whole spoof off of Willy Wonka. So instead of Willy Wonka, we're calling the main character Dilly Wonka. And instead of <laughs> Oompa Loompas, we're calling them Lurkin Gherkins and all of that stuff. So we really try to emulate that voice no matter what the project is or what it's for. And we, yeah, we've done some really strange stuff that the, 
whole Oompa Loompa thing was just... <laughs> it was a fever dream. It's yeah, a total it fever like dream. Fever. I mean, yeah, we had uh, we had four colleagues and a, a child in pickle. We all have pickle suits that we uh, own, and they wore those. We painted their faces all in orange and did a whole number in this. Yeah, uh, it's, it doesn't feel like real work at all. <laughs> you have to check where you're at and why you're doing what you're doing a couple times a day. Yeah. But and it's, it's kind fun. of a fine line of, you know, it's it's fun to do the fun content, but it's never not for a reason. We always have a goal in mind and we're trying to hit those goals. We're just going to do it in a in a the design pickle way, so to speak. When you're looking for those partnerships, what it, what are like some of the complementary features that you're looking for on the other side of the partner because i i guess in a in a crazy world if both are kind of quirky or in that same it almost is like overwhelming so what do you look for yeah i think it depends on what we're trying to accomplish Uh, a lot of partnerships come about organically but i think really what i focus on is how flexible is the other party willing to be maybe they're not as quirky as us but if they're willing to go along with our shenanigans and feel comfortable doing so then we know it's going to be a good match. We've done partnerships in the past where we've worked with people that just are a little more serious than us, and that's totally fine, but it never ends up working out because we don't feel like we're conveying our brand voice as well as we probably could have with someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and to add to that too, I think looking at uh, audiences that overlap, I mean, we're, we're, going to, we're going to partner with people who have a similar audience. Like there's some sort of connection there uh, regardless of what the... If, if we're doing like something crazy like that, or if it's just like a simple partnership, we, we want someone who uh, our audiences will resonate with each other. or They overlap a bit there. Well, next time you need some like extra pickles on set, let us know. We'll, uh, we'll gladly <laughs> Be careful hop in what you wish for. Be careful <laughs> what you wish for. Some pickles for hire here. Your uh, pickle suits are in the mail right now. <laughs> is that part of like the employee onboarding package? Like it actually get, like, is. Instead no of a joke. t-shirt, you actually get a pickle suit. And, yeah. uh, no, that's you know not what? a joke. You do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bitter because when I joined Design Pickle, well, same with you, Jess. Yeah, uh, I didn't get one Three years either. ago, we didn't get pickle suits. I went mm-hmm. and bought one on my own just because I was like, I need to create content. I need a pickle suit. So I just got one, but then it just became a thing. And, and now, yeah, every time we have a new uh, a team member come on, they get a pickle suit. That's actually awesome. That's actually so you started cool. that trend of pickle suiting, suiting up. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but sure, let's <laughs> beep beep, you know? All right, so let's jump into the newest endeavor of Design Pickle, which is this really actually funny and amazing podcast uh, called Creators Are the Worst. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys are the conceptors, producers, podcasters, hosts. For the most part, you guys are the creative minds behind the initiative to push to start this podcast. So first off, set the stage. Tell us about the podcast, what it's about. Sure. Yeah, it's it's creatives are the worst. And it's exactly that. We talk about a different creative each week and kind of just talk about how they've they've changed the world and what they've contributed. And that could be musicians, actors, directors, uh, artists. And kind of organically, we, we discovered that there's a connection between all of these creatives and so we're just exploring that and then yeah just and i get to, to hang out and, and be silly together but there's a lot of philosophical conversations about the people that we talk about but it's always kind of ends in, in laughter no matter what 
Yeah. And I think as we've gone on, we've almost shifted without even realizing it, that our goal is to tell stories that people don't know. So our new phrase that we're using is like providing tidbits that you can share at your next dinner party, (laughs) Um, because we all do that, whether we realize it or not. And there's so much out there on the people that we cover that a lot of people know about Vince McMahon or Prince or whatever it is. We try to find the stuff that they don't know um, that people can get excited about and then want to talk about it to their friends. Yeah, that's really interesting. I have a question about that because um we spend you know we're obviously spending time interviewing you and we have a podcast and um our ceo always asks us how much is it going to cost right so (laughs) when it comes to you guys um how how do you like because there's three hours for your conversation um and then there's also research that research element um how much time are you like putting into the show and how are you getting your CFO or like your finance person to <laughs> sign off on that? That's a really good question. We're, uh, we're really fortunate to have a producer that does the bulk of the work for us. So by the time we sit down to record, we'll of course make tweaks to the research and whatnot to make it flow in our voices and whatnot. But uh, we don't do as much as you're probably thinking we do. <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a book report each week, but we're, we're learning about fascinating people and people that we may have like already kind of known about, but just digging a little bit deeper. So it's, it's interesting. And yeah, there have been days where we're set to record and I'm, I'm slacking just like, Hey, I have d- made zero progress with my research. Uh, we're going to have to postpone. So we're both flexible with that. And um, yeah, as far as as far as getting buy in from from stakeholders, I mean, we're very fortunate that, uh, you know, our, our Russ and everyone else at Design Pickle has put a lot of trust in us. Uh, we launched the podcast with almost no one hearing it beforehand. <laughs> so accurate. It seems like a standard. Yeah, that's normal. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's a. We knew, and our our, our uh, producer, Arison, he's awesome. He did a lot of prep work with us. And he still kind of coaches us on podcasting here and there. Uh, he has a lot of experience. And one thing that he made very, very clear from the start is that this is a marathon, not a sprint. Keep that in mind. And also when we're uh, getting buy-in from everyone else, we have to make that very clear that, you know, we're not going to see results overnight. That's just impossible unless you are uh, Michelle Obama who released Yeah, a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we're not the same quite question. there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as far as timing, though, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because we're, I'm not great at, at balancing time. I struggle with that. I think a lot of people do. And there are days when we have to, to move our recordings to the weekends, but it's because we really believe in this project. We're passionate about it. And, uh, we think it's going to be a better way to to demonstrate design pickle, or not so much of what we do uh, with our service, but just like our our personality, our core values, and everything like that. Yeah, that that brings up a great question. So, what do you have? Have you set like hard goals for yourself outside of just metric um, metric values in a podcast, which is a whole other thing on its own because. They're so misleading to begin with anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, so <true. laughs> um, have you have you guys set a goal? Like, 
by X amount of episodes, you're looking for this or anything like that? We've set a, a download goal per episode, but I think beyond that, the way we look at this is it's a brand awareness play, right? We want people to come experience the brand from a different angle. And a thing that's happened that we didn't even realize was going to happen and we didn't aim for in the beginning is our recruiting team was like, guys, this is awesome for recruiting candidates because people Google design pickle and they see that there's a podcast and that's a really organic way for them to get to know the brand before they interview with us. Um, so that's been kind of cool because we obviously didn't see that as a benefit ahead of time, but if we can help the entire design pickle universe in this project, that makes it easier to keep selling internally. Yeah, that's, that's cool. A lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of companies. In fact, in to some extent, we have an older podcast, um, for our agency that we use, we used to just kind of shoot the shit on. It was a little bit more organic, a lot more playful. And it ended up being like a little bit of a recruiting tool for us as well. Um, another way that we've seen recruiting tools or I guess post recruiting, but a lot of companies are now starting to do these like internal style podcasts where it's only going out to the team and you know it's it's obviously more of like a company culture play and it hopefully at some point becomes like a benefit of why you know people are kind of sticking around because they're able to communicate in in a different fashion um using podcasts so that's that's really interesting that you stumbled across that so early on already because i think you guys are only like under 10 episodes right i think yeah yeah so that's yeah that's that's amazing that it's it's already starting to kind of uh grow its wings do, wait do you <laughs> pickles have wings no. <laughs> if you believe pickle hard rick. enough imagine pickle rick and you know they, they don't have wings exactly yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it yeah yeah no but like because we were so new to podcasting uh we didn't have like we didn't know what kind of goals to set right so we set those those uh download goals and that was kind of like okay we we know we can measure that um and brand awareness is so hard to measure, but that we figured we'd tie it into that a little bit. But yeah, it was really cool to see that other other good things were coming from it. And now we can kind of like focus on, okay, well, how else can we leverage other ways to, I don't know, other things for this podcast? Yeah. Well, as an agency, whenever we like pitch proposals and, you know, things to clients, anytime we say brand awareness, they're like, nah, we're good. Oh, you know, like yeah. it's a, even that word itself is kind of triggering. They're like, We'll think so about true. it. You know, like it we'll really is it. tough. My whole job is brand awareness, right? <laughs> so I can have metrics associated and say, okay, I want to generate X leads with this partnership or this article that we got. But it's really hard sometimes when you're trying to remind people of, hey, there's not a great way to measure this, but it's happening. And you can see the commentary and people are talking about it and it's generating buzz. But how do you measure buzz? I have no idea. If anyone knows, right. please let us know. <laughs> We haven't figured it out. Yeah. I think maybe Apple and Coca-Cola and like those kind of companies might be the only ones to figure it out. Maybe Xerox or Kleenex, right? Because they're like, they, their name brand has taken on like an entire, that's true. Like, or TikTok stars or TikTok stars. Oh yeah. TikTok. Oh man. We keep talking about how we, we want to be on TikTok for the podcast. Cause like that's what podcasters do. But Justin and I are just like, illiterate with it we we are too yeah we are too it's um i can't articulate myself in 30 seconds usually so (laughs) yeah i don't we just have trouble keeping up with the kids yeah we don't we're like grandmas (laughs) we don't know what's going on (laughs) we're the same like yeah (laughs) 
it makes me feel I, better. And I don't get what becomes popular and yes, why that's my yeah. That's but that's usually when you know you're old because the train is already passed. <laughs> I'm totally comfortable right? with that. But, that yeah. but that's that's yeah. like one of those metrics that like yeah. okay, you know you're old because you don't get those things. So that's next so TikTok is next for design pickle guys, if you're listening. That's <laughs> hey, well, I will say we have a design pickle TikTok that has some pretty funny stuff on it, but we don't have one for creatives are the worst yet. Yeah. So, uh, we TBD. we have some younger folks on the team and they've just nailed TikTok. Like they you know, I I am supposed to oversee social, and I was just like, you guys just go for it. I don't even know like what you do on there. And they've created just awesome stuff. Like they they find the trends and they recreate it and make it pickle themed. And that's amazing. Yeah, they, they do make you, some cool stuff on there. Do you ever wonder like, do you ever get nervous? I guess like your hiring process is great, right? And your company culture is great in a sense. But how do other companies where they don't have the wherewithal to trust their, you know, social, you know, like their younger person to create content in the name of the company. Like, does that make you nervous at all? Uh, nervous? No. I mean, I'm, I, I will see things as they come out and if it's like totally off brand, then I'll step in. But you said like we have a good culture and we, we hire for culture too. So, um, yeah, I do trust I do trust them. And if it were on, I don't know, LinkedIn, I would probably be a lot more cautious. But because it's on TikTok, I'm like, hey, how about it? <laughs> and I've seen the stuff that they create and it's they they know not to go like beyond the bounds. And, uh, you know, I, I've sent out mass emails to 100,000 people and I've gotten angry messages about the smallest stuff. So people are going to hate no matter what. Uh, as long as we're sticking to our core values and we're not, we're not out there to like hurt anyone or do anything like that. We're, we're usually kosher, may I say. <laughs> the kosher oh pickle. The kosher Thank pickle. you. Oh Thank you. Wait, so in the re in the recap, we have to like go back and like figure out where we <laughs> dropped different pickles throughout the <laughs> bunch of Easter eggs. What's, what's <laughs> left? Well, it's a really good, it's a really big deal when we, uh, post on tiktok Dude, they have, they have to i have know <laughs> i love That's it an easy one. um all right so jumping jumping back into the more serious stuff no i'm just kidding but jumping back in, <laughs> into the podcast a little bit um what have been some of like your creative struggles in the podcast so i know obviously there's a handful of technical struggles that are always going to happen right we talked about audio before we even started recording that that's always going to happen but i think where a lot of people if they're starting a podcast or they have one maybe not they don't talk about like the the creative struggles because sometimes you do hit a wall, right? What have been some of those struggles for you guys? We really struggled with the format at first. We knew how we wanted to tell stories. We knew kind of what we wanted to do and the angle, but we didn't know how to bring that to light. So when we first started recording pilot episodes, we actually both were telling a story and rotating back and forth within the same story. And then we listened to it back and we're like, something just feels off here. Um, so we kept working on it and then that's when we actually hired a producer and made sure that a producer was involved in this process and we weren't just going rogue on our own as fun as it was. Um, so we did some more piloting and just testing different formats. And then we ended up at where we are now, which is when one of us is telling the story, the other one actually doesn't know until we record who we're talking about so that they're reacting in a really organic way and can't do research ahead of time because we're both sneaky like that and definitely would if we knew who it was. <laughs> that makes um, it kind of fun though. 
yeah and it's always so fun because we we genuinely don't know i mean every time you hear shock on the show it's genuine shock or excitement about covering that person but it took us a long time to get to that point creatively for sure how many episodes do you think you recorded before you actually released like episode one well, we, we recorded, man, going back to like when we first pitched the concept, like uh, a year ago, I wanted to do a design pickle podcast and I wanted it to be, have a, like a comedic spin to it, but we didn't know, we thought maybe it would be about marketing or whatever. Uh, but then the name popped into my head and I was like, that's catchy. That's fun. Uh, but originally it was going to be a little bit more serious and talking about like really amazing people who are just like have no flaws whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) that's not fun no one wants to hear that so the jess guffies of the world (laughs) exactly right (laughs) how boring get out of here so boring (laughs) so we we recorded the first episode and it was about um Gosh, I'm totally blanking on her name. The Carolyn original... Davidson, I think. Yes, her name. Carolyn Davidson, who's the designer of the original Nike logo, the swoosh. Uh, but yeah, we were we were both telling the story, and it was like it wasn't exciting because we both knew it, and there wasn't any shock and awe to it. So it was just like, and then this happened. So it's also really cute how we thought we'd be able to do it on our own without a producer to help us out. Uh, but really, that was like Idiots. the only, that was the only episode we, re- we recorded together in that format. And then we did a lot of like discussion about what to do next. And when we thought about, you know, what if we each told each other a story and maybe we make it a surprise. Uh, actually, at first we thought maybe one person will always be doing the research and the other person's just there to, I don't know. So we did a test where we both told each other stories and it wasn't like a, an actual episode. It wasn't intended to be that. It was just to see how it would work, how it would sound. And we tried it and we're like, okay, that's that works. Let's do it. And then here we are. So it only took them one episode to figure that out. That's actually, <laughs> actually pretty wild. I'm going to say two, one and a half. We that's did try good. to that's record. Amazing another one and then we scrapped it in the middle and we were like this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> when we did augusta savage gate oh that's right <laughs> yeah. i forgot we, really, it we censored memory. ourselves real quick and knew that it was just horrific and decided to call it a quiz that's still pretty good though <laughs> only two episodes in and you sort of figured out your case i mean obviously you have a rapport outside of that so it's not like you were people like meeting on the first time, you know, trying to figure out how to host together, which can be awkward in its yeah. own sense. But, um, yeah, for I sure. tell you, you guys are super awkward together. So <laughs> <laughs> super uncomfy. I actually don't get along at all. Outside of the podcast. <laughs> Purely business. That's actually, I, I swear if you're ever going to try to podcast, this is, you know, my professional advice from someone who has seven episodes out. Uh, if you plan to have a co-host, it should be someone that you have natural chemistry with the rapport with, because that has made this whole process so much easier. Jess and I already uh, can have a conversation, have it be fun. So, uh, we can talk about serious stuff and, and whatnot, but it, it comes a lot more naturally than it would anyone else. Yeah. You sort of already know how to play off each other. And sort of bounce ideas back and forth in real time, which is that's usually where people struggle. It's like when they're trying to 
think of things in real time, it starts to either show and deteriorate or they just say a whole bunch of gibberish that you're like, what what are you talking about? (laughs) I think too, that's what we notice with going back and forth in one story. There was no room for us to riff on each other or bounce ideas back and forth in real time. It was also scripted, even if we were just doing bullet points. And that was not at all the vibe that we wanted. We wanted to show our chemistry and we wanted to play off that more than that format allowed. Um, So we're, we're really happy with how it's gotten to where it is to get away from that. When it comes to, if we can take a step back and talk about design pickle a little bit, we, we always, um, Jared has a creative eye, but when we bring people on, it's amazing how everyone sees things differently. Um, is there like a standard or is there anything that you're noticing right now in, in the marketing world or the design world that has caught your eye? It's like, that's really cool. Or, you know, cause we trust you guys as the, like the thought leaders of design almost. Right. So what, what do you guys see right now? Hmm. I will tell you, sorry, Kate, I have to jump in with this one. So my favorite thing right now is companies that almost hit the mark, but don't in some way, like their intention is there, but they fail in some aspect of it. And I I don't know if you guys, yeah, I love that. (laughs) I'm not that savage. I promise. (laughs) Well, not yet, at least. Um, But what Gap did during election week, did you guys see that? I did not, but now I get us in. Yeah. They came out with a sweatshirt that was half red and half blue and this message of unity and they put it out on election day. And the intention was really nice. Like they were like, everyone just come together, but they got absolutely slammed for it because people were like, this is not the time gap. Like know your timing, know your place. Good message. Really nice. But you did not put that out at a time where people want to hear this message. So it would have performed much better had you put it out a week from now or whatever it is. So that one really caught my attention because it kind of hit all sides of what we have going on in the world right now. Very, very like Tommy Hilfiger of them. 1990s. Totally. (laughs) I think there was a sweater that my friend wore that was like white on the top, people can't see me if you're listening to this, but white on top and then split <laughs> down the middle underneath the white and it was red and blue because that was like the Tommy Hilfiger like That's back, logo. by the way. I don't know oh, if yeah. you know. Oh, oh it's, yeah. No. That kind Ruffin, of style. Ruffin, Tommy yeah. Hilfiger. Yeah. All I just stuff. dated myself, so I'm kind of old. <laughs> but um, did they come out and say they didn't intentionally do that or was it like, hey, we're just going to troll everybody with this? They remained very silent after the fact, which is interesting because a couple of the other companies in that group of companies with Gap, like Athleta, they came out with a message about women in powerful positions that no one batted an eye at, and they put it out at the same time. So I think it's just... They missed. (laughs) Yeah, they missed the mark, and they didn't read the room before they put something out with such a dramatic (laughs) statement. Uh, But the intention was very nice and i think they were trying to do the right thing but again had they waited a week they probably would have been received with much happier people (laughs) it's a classic pepsi kylie jenner yeah exactly yeah the anti-marketing marketing almost right speaking of that i'm not to side so i I was just recently traveling and kylie has vending machines in airports what there was a vending machine in an airport what do you it's get a, out of it? Tannin like spray? a makeup vending machine. And at first I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's ridiculous. How could this even have gotten to this point? But then I looked at it again. And if you just sat there and watched it and people watch the amount of people that would go up yeah. and just interact with it, not buying anything, but just like touch things, 
look at it, look at the pricing probably just like over and over, over like an hour. It was, it must've been like at least 30 or 40 like girls, guys, whoever just go up and just like interact with this thing. Yeah. Cause they're not trying to close that cell on that right. spot. So all I could think of was like, they're just collecting data on like what actually people are looking at. I don't know if there's a camera in it at some point. I don't know. Maybe not, maybe not that crazy, but, but at least they're getting the data of like people touching it and, and seeing what's actually being interacted with. Yeah. That's cool. Anyway, sorry well, to go cool. off. What patterns people are doing? And yeah, yeah, it was I'm crazy. Sure I'm sure you can interact with it uh, without providing some sort of, I don't know, email or filling out. Or, yeah, or what products people are clicking on most to see what. Yeah, is most popular. and I'm sure it's very like accessible. Pay like yeah, you could pay with any type of digital wallet. I'm sure probably Afterpay and Breakup uh, Compact. That's fifty dollars into like. 60 month payments or something like that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, anyway, sorry, sorry to like sort yeah, of jet no. off into that, but I thought that was really yeah. interesting. But I love stuff like that. Like, I mean, not that in particular, but hearing the unique ways that people are showcasing their brand. And I was telling Jess about this earlier. Like I bought McDonald's two weeks ago, not ashamed to admit it, but literally the reason why I got it was because I went down this rabbit hole of, uh, so they had that partnership with Jay Balvin. Yep. And I like don't and even know who Travis that is. Travis Scott, right? Yeah, Tra- I thought you were yep. a Travis Scott fan, personally. Uh, well, sure. But <laughs> <laughs> she's not. She's not. <laughs> don't let her fool you. <laughs> it's only because I'm not cool enough. But I, I, I saw it and I was like, I think that these people are cool. These people are what's cool now. And just the whole partnership, the way, not just like how it was presented, but the the journey it took me from to discovering that they had a partnership to forcing me to download the McDonald's app because then you get a free McFlurry and I wanted that McFlurry. So I did that and it was like the whole experience was really cool and it was very well thought out. Like they thought of every touch point that a consumer would have and it freaking worked because I ate my Big Mac and shame afterwards. It's true. And yeah. is it because you think they maybe they've like sampled enough data to figure out like what the mechanism is to like get you to that point, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they knew that there was some, they needed, they, it seemed to me like they needed more people. Or they wanted more people to use their app, McDonald's app versus just ordering from DoorDash or whatever. And the way to do that was to, you know, do this partnership where you get something for free if you order from here. But beyond that, I mean, like just the experience was cool. Like they, they did it in a, I don't know. They made McDonald's cool again, I guess. Or was yeah, it ever uncool? I'm offended. Cause I always thought McDonald's was cool. I know. I just, just <laughs> playing it up. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. Cause McDonald's has always done like celebrity partnerships yeah, for true. the longest time. Right. When I was a kid, it was like, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. That's and right. it was like, oh, well, they're professional athletes. They're eating a, a Big Mac. Pfft, I'll eat one too. No brainer. Right. And now yeah. it's like the new generation of that is how they're partnering with like Travis Scott and Jay Balvin and yeah. um, Get, like, obviously cool pushing it through swag. the app, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It gives them a little bit of, of like street cred. Yeah. And last night, I don't know if you know, but the PS5 dropped um, for time stamping, oh. right? Um, but there was a there's a PS5 Nike Travis Scott collaboration shoe. Wow. And I wanted That's it, of course. So Are intense. Are you kidding me? No, That's so I had so to intense. watch a I had to watch a Travis Scott um, video on YouTube. It was live and they promoted it like he him unboxing the PS5 and then right after you go to his website and you win Wait a, in line you, to there's raffle. a raffle. 
and only five winners, but I'm sure there's Jesus. millions of people signing up. But if you think about how many emails that yeah. guy has captured. Dude, yeah. All the data behind that too. I mean, the data of them trying to find out the, like we said before, the common denominator of their audiences. And so they knew like, this is gonna be a good partnership. But yeah, serious question, did you get a, PS, a PS5? No, I'm still waiting. Oh man. I'm so out of the the video game loop and Kate, we always joke that we're dude bros, but like I'm the sports dude bro and Kate is the video gaming dude bro. Love so it. she'll talk about video games and I'm like, I, I don't know what you're saying. That's really cool for you. like, go sports ball. Like, <laughs> sports ball. So it sounds like the four of us need our own podcast because I'm, I'm the sports dude and he's the video game dude. So it's yeah. perfect. Wow, match made in heaven. Spin-off on spin-off on spin-off. Exactly. We always usually like to end with a couple different questions. And this time, I would like to know, what podcasts are you guys listening to personally? We geek out on podcasts together all the time. Um, I have several that I have in my rotation, but I think my all-time favorite is Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I think he's just an awesome interviewer and tells really funny stories on the fly, and you can't beat that. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to elaborate. Yeah, yeah I thought there was going to be at least it. two more. <laughs> we, no, we both listened to that I can't. one. And I love, <laughs> she set it up that I way. Mean, Conan is a, a national treasure, but he it's so every even the ads are funny but he also has really interesting conversations about creatives and creativity so it's a good like i don't know it relates to our podcast as well that's fair you can't cop out you have to give us another podcast you can't say okay, the same one sorry um i also really like armchair expert with dr shepherd i think that's, that's really armchair Yes, I yes. think the psychology that they get into with every guest is really cool. Kate and I are amateur psychologists, we like to think, so I love that one. And then I would say the third one is Behind the Bastards. Um, there are actually a lot of similarities with that one in our podcast, except they cover people that are definitively the worst every single time, <laughs> whereas <laughs> the people we cover may or may not be the worst, but they are awesome. And I think the host of that one, he's just great. I mean, he's an investigative journalist, so you can tell his research is top notch. Love it. Nice. Just just out here stealing my answers. Yeah. I, I, I listen to Behind the Bastards too. Obviously, my favorite murder. Last podcast on the left because I, it's I love all the spooky stuff. Uh, actually, I, the thing that I've been listening to the most right now is Lights Camera Grow because I hear fascinating <laughs> stories every single time I listen. Love, love well, it. and also we'll put that in the beginning. As a, that's actually the only part of the podcast we're publishing. The teaser. In the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, Jess, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and joking around and just talking about all things that are not the worst, including Design Pickle. <laughs> um, real quick, where can everybody find you in Design Pickle? Oh, gosh. We're at Design Pickle across channels on social. And then for Creatives Are the Worst, we're at Creatives Are the Worst on Instagram and at Worst Creatives on Twitter if you're into the, the Twitterverse. And then you can find us both on LinkedIn as well, I think. We're not so into social media on the personal level. Yeah, you can you can find us on Instagram, but you're just gonna see pictures of our dogs. But yeah, cre creatives are the worst, and design pickle the, the two main handles. You can check us out on. Cool. We will link everything in the show notes. Thanks again for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. This was so, so fun. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Thanks to Kate and Jess for being our guests. 
And thanks to the production team that put this together. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Lights, Camera, Grow podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.